Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. All right, folks. Let's haul. What's the, uh, that was Rat Race, huh? That was the movie Rat Race. Remember where, um, Mr. Bean. What did he say? We are hauling ass. We are hauling ass. Why, why am I unable to remember Rowan Atkinson? I knew it was in my brain. It was in there somewhere. Good day, everyone. Welcome. It's the Friday weekend edition of Fantasy NBA Today. We can review episode that we try to do every Friday when we can. As we piddle under two weeks until the NBA trade deadline. That's Thursday, February the 10th. The All-Star game is actually two weeks later. No, I'm wrong. One week later and a couple of days. I believe the All-Star game is the 19th. Am I getting that right? When is the All-Star game this year? Hello, me. Someone tell me. Sunday. All-Star game's on Sunday. Sorry. All-Star weekend is the 19th. That's the day where I actually pay attention to stuff. I haven't watched the game itself in a while. Maybe I'll maybe I'll switch. I don't know, man. Depends how much Andrew Wiggins I'm going to have to sit through. Poor guy. I actually feel bad. I really do. Because uh, this should be a moment of celebration, and instead it's a moment of, well, we're all having the same thought, which is what the hell is he doing here? So if you're Wiggins... Do you still want to go? Or is it like nobody wants me? That's a tough spot to be in, mentally. He'll go, meaning he's going to have a good time. going to have to just sort of pretend that nobody's talking about it. Kudos to K-pop star Bam Bam for taking a dump on our All-Star game. Cool, man. Uh, I'm Dan Bespris. Thanks for listening, everybody, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S on Twitter. This, of course, is a Sports Ethos presentation. That website is sportsethos.com. The Twitter is ethosfantasybk. We got a little bit of news breaking this morning. Thought I could flip that in there before we dive into the weekend review. First of all, the entire Lakers roster is questionable for this ballgame, whatever whatever that's worth. But I thought the, the news that was more interesting, number one, Donovan Mitchell has cleared concussion protocol, but apparently his conditioning isn't quite there yet. So he's about one game away from coming back. The other report, uh, two, I should say, other reports. Report number two is that the Kings have backed out on their pursuit of Ben Simmons, which feels more and more likely that Simmons isn't getting traded this year. But we'll see. There's still time. You know, teams say they're backing out, and then they come back in. This, This is a report, if true... That should drive the asking price down for Simmons if the Sixers are intent on moving him before the deadline. I don't think they are. Uh, Zach Lowe reported that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. each could return this season. Jamal Murray, remember, tore his ACL in April of last year. Coming back from that tends to take about a year, but if Murray's healing on the fast side, we might see him in March. Uh, there's obviously going to be ramp-up time, rest days. You know, it'll be 16 minutes, and it'll be 18 minutes. It'll be like watching Clay Thompson, really, who's been back for about three weeks, and he's just now getting up into that, like, 25-minute range. But again, with guys like Clay Thompson, with guys like Jamal Murray, and maybe even Michael Porter Jr., you only need them to get to 20, basically, 20, 22 minutes before they're playable. 
I don't know how you could possibly sit on either of these guys in a head-to-head league because of the off days. And I don't think I could abdicate a, a Michael Porter Jr. stash in pretty much any format because back stuff is really finicky. But, you know, with someone like Murray, we've seen lots of players and how they come back from ACL stuff. You kind of know the course of action. Maybe? This is that kind of report. Like, if you were stashing him already, you're feeling great right now because this is the report that's going to get everybody else, myself included, thinking about him that sort of wasn't previously. Like, I, I, not one time this year did I sit back and think, is now the time I should pick up Jamal Murray? And he's available in most of my competitive leagues. Most of them. It's that same kind of thing. Like, so many people fell so far behind in games played this year that I, I don't know how you go and stash someone else unless you magically have a healthy team, which, who the hell has that? Not me. Even when I did, it was so brief. So very brief. Whatever. Um, so that's the, the interesting news of the morning. Everything else is sort of a, a day-to-day kind of thing. Let's dive straight into the weekend review. You know how we do this stuff by now. We've got buy-sell stuff. we got stash stuff. we got tough holds. we got streamers. we got drops. we got ads. The stream bucket is jumbo-sized this week because players are suffering real injuries again. Oh, just like the good old days when half of the NBA was getting hurt and we didn't know how long they were going to be out. I'm telling you guys, there's something about protocols that we're going to miss. I know that this this is totally insane to say that out loud because these two years have sucked. Oh, have they sucked. And everybody obviously misses more games than usual. So too many weeks are being decided on who's in and who's out. In, in fantasy rosters. But let's try to remember, it was kind of like that before, just on a smaller scale. You know, most folks added an IL slot or two in the era of the COVID to accommodate more people being out. And yeah, now that we're back to just regular injuries, not just, there's still a few guys in protocols, but not many. Now that we're mostly back to traditional injuries and we still have the extra IL slots, Injuries are not going to play that gigantic of a role in head-to-head teams right now. Long-time stashes are because you're going to have other guys that get hurt. I'm just saying that in the future, at some point when, and it's going to come, I don't know if it's going to be next year, the year after that, whatever it is, there's going to be a point down the line where we don't have these protocols anymore. Everybody basically is catching Omicron, and it is slightly milder. I'm not going to get into the specifics of all that stuff, but, you know, these are generally vaccinated, healthy, young NBA players, some of them getting it worse than others. You know, Joel Embiid had it horrible. Some guys are completely asymptomatic. That's how it is. It runs the gamut. But at some point, whatever it is, two, three, four more variants down the line where it gets a little bit milder and still very contagious, they're going to start to treat it like a flu where players are just out until they feel better. It's going to go through a team like a cold and a flu does. It's going to go through the league once every year, and we're not going to pay attention to it. And when that happens, teams in fantasy, uh, leagues in fantasy, are going to go back down to one or two IL slots instead of three or four, whatever it is from before, the before time. And I'm telling you now, January 28th, 2022, Dan said something stupid on a podcast. Here it comes. We're going to miss protocols 
because at least we knew this was like six to 12 days. Every time that news broke, we were like, okay, I can make my assessment here. A lot of this day-to-day stuff is more annoying because you can't put them in an injured slot until they're out for three games on Yahoo. With COVID, they immediately get that injured tag. Boom. Like right now, let me see. I'll go to one of my teams. Uh, Jimmy Butler, he's day-to-day with the irritated toe. I can't put him in an IL slot. He might play. Will Barton, he's probable, so maybe that's not the greatest example. I'm sure I could find 15 of them if I went through every one of my, like, 20 fantasy teams. Too many. Too many damn fantasy teams. D'Angelo Russell, game-time decision. Gallo, game-time decision. There's There's 100 of them. Uh... If those guys just got nailed with COVID, you could throw them in an aisle slot and pick somebody up. I'm telling you, I know it sounds like the dumbest thing I'm going to say the entire year, but we're going to miss protocol absences because they were so easily defined and players immediately were IL eligible. We're not going to miss anything else related to this stuff. Don't get me wrong. Still sucks, but we're going to miss that one little thing because we're going to go back to normal And normal was like the Toronto Raptors saying someone is out indefinitely. And then someone else, two years ago, right? Was it two years or three years ago where the Raptors had like three guys all out indefinitely and then they just popped up. Like, oh, Freddie Van Fleet's back. He'll be back tomorrow. What? He was out indefinitely yesterday. What what does that mean? The quite literal definition of indefinitely. They applied it. We did not have a definite return time. All right. So there, today's the day. Dan said something dumb, and you guys sat through it. Uh, drops of the week. I'm pretty much on the drop the Pacers streams bucket at this point. Demonis Sabonis should be back soon. Between he and Karis LeVert, that'll soak up most of the usage on that team. So Chris Duarte, he's probably the closest to someone you should hang on to. No, sorry, Justin Holiday's probably the closest to someone you should hang on to because he can acquire his fantasy value in just threes and steals. You don't really need to do much else. Duarte is going to need to be a usage guy, so that's probably going away. Torrey Craig, I wanted him to be a rebound guy. I don't know where the hell that went. Just vanished here in this bigger role. Massive disappointment. Not that I thought he was going to have a big ceiling or anything, but I thought we were going to get like six, seven, eight rebounds a game out of that dude, and it hasn't been anything close to that. Do I know why? Well, mostly because there haven't been any rebounds. Charlotte scored 255 points or whatever it was. So, yeah, you know, not many defensive boards to get when your opponent makes every shot. That was crazy. So, yeah, basically move on from that stuff. I told you guys Goga Batadze was going to be a pain in the ass, and he has turned out to be a pain in the ass. I feel the same way about the Knicks. They're the next team on my potential drop list. I think the Knicks are pretty much drops. Drop Kimball Walker if you had him and you were hoping that something would pan out there. Drop Cam Reddish because it's not coming around. Drop Alec Burks, even though you can start him in the games and Kemba's not playing. What I've seen from all of this is that if Derrick Rose could ever come back, he might actually have a little bit of value. There's just too many bodies right now, though. We need an addition by subtraction thing, and instead the Knicks added Cam Reddish. It was addition, subtraction by addition instead. The big man side of the equation is, I guess, a little bit more complicated. We've talked about it on the pod a couple times already, but basically when Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel are both healthy, or each healthy, proper grammar be damned it's hard for me to advocate dropping them noel's never healthy so you could advocate dropping him because he's playing like one out of every four games this year mitchell robinson you could advocate a drop because when noel's in his minutes go down a little bit 
the blocks haven't been as high as you'd want, and the free throw percent has been much worse because the volume has been higher. I don't know. Like, there's, I don't know that you need necessarily to roster any of those guys. I don't think it would burn you. I'm going to sit on Mitchell Robinson just because I think there is some value there. Someone's going to need rebounds or blocks or field goal percent. Maybe it's you. Maybe, maybe it's your own team. If you have a team that's really good at free throw percent, but you need assistance in some of the other stuff, great. He fits a different build. But just to, like, throw him out there as a best player available, that's not happening right now either. And even Julius Randle is stunk. Good enough to play, I guess. And finally, I put the Wizards center in this uh, situation, in this bucket, which, again, this does come down to team-specific stuff. The, the problem with trying to one-size-fits-all ram such a peg through uh, different shaped holes is that you need a circle peg in a circle hole. You need a square peg in a square hole. It doesn't... Fantasy isn't a one-size-fits-all, one-size hat, whatever it is, shoe, I don't know, what, what are the things they make that are one-size-fits-all. Situation for teams. My team, one of my teams, for instance, I'll, I mean, and maybe this corresponds to or parallels something that you guys have going on. I have a team that for a while had 9 out of 15 guys hurt, none of whom I felt I could drop because they would all get picked up. Every one of those guys, with the exception maybe of like Kelly Olynyk, might not have gotten picked up if I had dropped him. I probably could have cut it from nine injured guys down to eight with a swift stroke of the finger. But it wouldn't have changed very much. That team, and this was like multiple weeks this was going on, that team, even in a games cap format, is like 50 to 60 games behind almost every other team in the league. There's like one other team that also got bludgeoned the same way. So not surprisingly, we're pretty far down in the rankings. That's not the point. Point of all of this is, how do you catch up in a spot like that? You catch up by playing guys that are functional, not by squatting on guys. And basically, since Thomas Bryant came back, there hasn't been any wizard center of value. That's about two weeks now, and it's two more weeks to the trade deadline. So at that point, you're talking about four weeks of sitting on who exactly? Daniel Gafford or Thomas Bryant? Probably not Montrez Harrell. It's possible none of those guys gets traded. Yeah, like, logically, someone should, because who the hell runs a three-center rotation? But that's not how it always works out. Teams want to get a return on whatever they're doing. They're not just going to jettison a player they like for nothing. It's possible that ends up a three-headed monster the rest of the way. It was kind of a three-headed monster even last year. Different three heads, but a three-headed monster nonetheless. So it's possible it could stick that way. It's possible that Bryant, Gafford, Rontrez, those guys are just battling each other the whole damn rest of the way. Okay, fine. Possibility that something shakes out. My team is too far behind. I have no prayer of catching up in this Roto League unless I'm playing 12 or 13 healthy guys and rotating them in all the time. There's no way I can have more than two injured players on my team right now, and I have three already. That team can't sit on a guy who isn't producing, who might only produce if something breaks the right way at the All-Star break. I can't. Conversely, 
I happen to also have a team where only two guys are hurt, and that team's only like 20 games behind everybody else, which is kind of where I like to be in Roto anyway. So, what's the lesson here? The lesson is, you can't one-size-fits-all it. That team could squat on Gafford or Bryant for two weeks without incurring much penalty because there's frankly enough guys healthy on that team anyway to stay at that same level. The other team, I can't. You couldn't either if you were there. You can't stay at that same level. You can't be 60, 70 games behind everybody else. You won't catch up. It's too hard. You can't catch up that fast. There's a limited number of spots that you can start players on a given night. On a busy night where 14 of your guys are playing, you still can only start 10 of them. You're going to have to probably start streaming like crazy. So you can't. You can't. If you're going to stash somebody, it's got to be like the ultimate difference maker in a spot like that. And you probably have to dump someone else that was hurt anyway. So that's my issue there, is that none of those guys is producing, and it's possible that Bryant or Gafford does after the deadline. Can you make it that far? Where, again, you're talking about, you know, top 85, top 90 in a good scenario. The reason, and I'm going to pivot here to the stashes, the reason that someone like a DeAnthony Melton is a stash or even a tough hold, I don't care what category you want to put him in today, is because, first of all, he's actually startable now. He did end up with, what was it, 23 minutes in that game with Bain back in the mix. Pretty good for him with Desmond around. And two, if that situation breaks right, you're talking top 50, top 60. You're talking actual move the ball, move the boulder forward level fantasy production, not a like steady the boulder type of guy, which is kind of what Thomas Bryant would be if he was in a timeshare with only one other player. The other deadline stashes, um, Kelly Olynyk is on my list. He and Jeremy Grant should be back any day now. And that, that to me, that one's worth stashing because it's not really a trade deadline thing, but there is a deadline element to it in that when Jeremy Grant comes back, he's going to play a bunch. He has a limited number of teams he's willing to get traded to, so Detroit is going to be working on that, and he's basically outlined teams where he thinks he'd have a pretty good role on them. Probably won't be as big as what he's got in Detroit, but he's a guy you need to be hanging on to. And then the best-case scenario there is that you've got Olenek and Grant. Jeremy gets traded to a place where he still has a pretty good role, and Olenek can slot into a lot of what Grant left behind. So there is a get-out-of-the-protocols part, and there's also a trade deadline part there. And then Devin Vassell is the other stash candidate. I don't know that anybody's going to move out of his way in San Antonio. They've already gone pretty young. The question is, do they just kind of uh, let him go a little bit after the trade deadline? Is it uh, sort of a freeing of the beast, as it were? The Spurs are two and a half games out of a playoff spot. Pelicans in between San Antonio and Portland. Blazers are the distant 10 seed Lakers, Wolves, Clippers, all kind of jockeying for the other play-in spots at the moment. Nuggets a little bit out in front. Denver's had a couple of easy games in a row. It's all going to come down to schedule. And for the Lakers, it's going to come down to health. Not the point. Sidetracked. Um, I'm probably not squatting on Vassell. I don't know that anything really changes right away. Feels like this might be a next year kind of thing. Pop, whether he's still around or not, I don't know. It's kind of like, all right, Devin, this is the year you're, you're getting a good shot off the bench. You're one big step away from being the guy. 
Speaking of the guy, that's all you need to know if you're going to play with our buddies over at ThriveFantasy.com and the Thrive Fantasy app available on the iTunes Store as well as Google Play for both Apple and Android devices or on the computer at ThriveFantasy.com. That's where I like to screw around with it because I'm an old man. I'm an old man. I play around with it on the computer. They've got a really easy how-to video on their homepage. You can just go there and watch it if you want. Player props. That's the deal. Prop up with our buddies at Thrive Fantasy. They're easy to play. User versus user, competitions, traditional pool contests. It's the superstars. You don't have to spend the whole day hunting down the guy, the DFS play, the the guy that's, you know, 3600 save $100 here to go upgrade some other spot. No. No. That crap is annoying. Who the hell has time to do that every single day? Not me. Plus, it's just like, if your DFS lineup doesn't work, I feel so defeated. I spent so much time figuring this out, and then, you know, my sleeper guy just didn't have a good ball game, or my superstar got into foul trouble or something like that. The whole thing just comes apart in a moment. It's not that way with Thrive. It's player, player props. No salary caps. You pick who you want, and you make your calls. Overs and unders. They got multipliers. And you have a real chance to win. It's not just a bunch of bots. You're not banging up against one computer that entered 35,000 contests with a bunch of different lineups and is almost guaranteed to turn a profit at your expense. Player props, overs, unders, pick the most winners in your contest or in your versus battle, win money. And use promo code ETHOS when you sign up ETHOS. Get a 100% deposit match and a pair of contest entry vouchers. Come on, just try 10 bucks over there. It's not going to hurt you. A couple of tough holds. D'Anthony Melton was in there on my list. I shifted him over for stashes just because for our discussion, it seemed to make a little bit more sense. Uh, Mo Bamba, I got some weird Mo Bamba questions. He's been in and out of being injured. He's been dealing with some stuff. He still has these really good games blended in. So... Don't freak out, friends. It's going to be fine. He's not going to be as good as he was at the beginning of the year because his body isn't going to hold up the way it did at the beginning of the year. But he's still number 55 overall, and I don't see any reason why that shouldn't be able to stick around. Who knows? Maybe Jonathan Isaac shows up at some point for that team, but we still haven't really heard anything about it. And until we do, just assume things are okay. By the way, while we're on the magic, I do still think Cole Anthony is a little bit of a buy low. I don't know what he could be had for. That's the problem on that front. Maybe we'll do a little do a little research on that out on the social media, what folks are willing to give up for Cole Anthony or what folks are willing to take back for Cole Anthony right now. He did have a better ball game last time around, so that's going to change the price a little bit. He was cheaper before that one. I also think Rashawn Holmes is still a buy low. The Kings are, well, apparently not going for Ben Simmons anymore, but they're still shopping people. We've heard they might be trying to get better. I mean, I don't know what bleep is going on there, out there in Sacramento. I still think somebody on that team gets traded. It sure seems dumb if they don't. But Bershawn Holmes is a buy low because he's been quite bad, and even if he gets traded to a spot where his role isn't as big, he'd be better than he has been lately. Back into the tough hold department, though. Uh, DeAndre Hunter's a tough hold. You guys know I'm not that high on him but he probably got dropped after one really bad ball game. You kind of have to wait through that stuff. And Io Desunmu is also a tough hold right now, not necessarily because things are about to magically get better for him, but I think we need more than one game of data 
to say that it's time to drop. Yes, I get it. Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan were both back in the lineup at the same time. That was a different look. But he wasn't really doing it with usage for the most part anyway. A handful of shots, but mostly boards, assists, steals, and blocks, and some threes. Those things can still happen even when the big usage guys are out on the floor. So let's at least give him one more game. I would recommend two more and see how this whole thing plays out. The ads list is weird. I'm having trouble at certain points distinguishing between ads and streams, I think, but I did my best. Kelly Oubre Jr., here's the thing. Like, the ads list is probably going to be guys that are already rostered. Therein lies the problem with doing a weekend review show at the end of the week. Oubre probably got dropped when he was slumping, when he was... uh, in protocols, things of that nature, but he, there's no way he's dropped anymore. He had 10 three-pointers in their last ball game, so you know you can throw that one out, I guess. Uh, I put Justin Holiday in there. I think he's still actually okay. He got warm for a minute, cooled off a little, but we've seen the defensive stats start to come around, and that's kind of been the only thing you've needed out of him are threes and steals. And yes, that makes him a specialist, but specialists do still have value. It's like, oh, threes and steals, those are easy to come by. Yeah, but you know what? They're easy to come by. That means that other people in your league probably have a decent number of them. And if you don't, this is a guy that can help you there. Nick Batum, I think, is an ad. Um, I, I do still have my issues with his health stuff. And we saw it even in the last ball game. Like, he probably could have played more against Orlando. They might not have needed it. Clippers bench has been playing well lately. He ended up with a good ball game. 12 points, 7 boards, 2 assists, a steal, 4 three-pointers, good shooting, The fact that he has a high field goal percent and a bunch of three-pointers makes him kind of unique and special in that regard. And if he could just stay healthy for a few weeks, this would have been a much easier guy to put in the ad column. Luke Kennard is sort of an ad. He's, I don't know, his stat set doesn't translate quite as well, but he's right on the borderline. So we'll go ahead and call him an ad. He's been playing well lately. Clippers need his offense and he's generally been getting enough assists to kind of carry the fact that there really aren't going to be any defensive stats either. You'll have some ups and downs. If he's cold, that'll be a big dent in it. Over the last two weeks, though, he's top 85, and that's worth using. So Kennard is an ad. Uh, I think you can feel relatively confident trotting him out there. I have him in one or two spots. I didn't get hyper-aggressive, because I don't think he's that big of a difference maker anyway. Similar player, Bogdan Bogdanovich is finally looking a little bit better in Atlanta. He's back. Uh, He played well in his first game since returning, but he is going to be on a minutes restriction. So this is maybe less of an ad and more of a buy low opportunity. Remember, with the Cam Reddish trade, that actually is going to make life easier for Bogdanovich. I think you could probably get him for a top 100, top 110 kind of guy because he's ranked outside the top 150 on the year. But that's a number to me that's going to come up. His shooting's been terrible. His free throw shooting has been bad. Almost no steals. Not getting that many shots. Assists are pretty low. A lot of stuff for him can can trend in the right direction. Just having Reddish out of the way. Because Cam was taking all of those shots. He was chucking, man. LaMarcus Aldridge I still have in the ad column. I know he had a, a down game in there. But then he came back and played a ton of minutes against Jokic. His game wasn't that great, 18-8 and eight with a block, lower percentages, but you can generally sort of uh, adjust for the percentages ending up back in the right spot on LaMarcus. And by the way, it's a terrible time to give this, this ad because in Golden State on Saturday, 
he's probably not going to get to play that much. But Phoenix, Sacramento, Utah, he'll play more in those games and just kind of understand that there are going to be some matchup things for him to deal with. He also got the start against Denver, by the way. That's a positive sign. I put Chris Boucher back on this list again because I think people continue to not trust that it's something that can hold up. But we're over a month now. Top 75 for over a month. Keep going, man. Keep going. And Dorian Finney-Smith, who we've been sort of joking about periodically over the year. Um, and actually over the last month, his shooting hasn't been very good. But with Tim Hardaway Jr. going down, it feels to me like they're going to need Finney-Smith to take you know a half shot or one shot more per game. Uh, and he's a plotter. He's a fantasy plotter. He's going to get you a three-pointer and some change. He'll get you a steal, get you part of a block. He'll get you some rebounds. Very boring. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know why he's in the ad column because he's going to just, if you dropped him, someone else probably wouldn't bother picking him up. But again, if you're as far behind in games played as I am, he's the perfect guy to throw in there because he's not really going to hurt you. Haven't done a shout out to ExpressVPN in a while. So let's do that. ExpressVPN.com slash hoopball. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. It's a URL. It's not uh it's not a, a code. You don't have to enter a code when you're buying stuff over there. Just go to that special link. ExpressVPN.com slash hoopball. All one word. No hyphen in that one. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. You get 15 months for the price of 12 on a marvelous, the number one rated VPN in the world is ExpressVPN, and we are lucky to have a partnership with them. I've used it. It's so easy. You boot it up. It's just a piece of software. You open it. You click one button to turn it on. If you want to click more than one button, you can change your VPN location. Like, you can connect to a VPN in, or however this works, I'll mess up my lingo here, in Toronto or whatever it is. So you can use that to watch out-of-market sports type stuff or in-market sports type stuff. We've, we've, like, from a privacy standpoint, very important. But if you're less concerned about that, like I am, I'm not super concerned about privacy, but I do want to make sure that I can watch the things I want to watch in services I'm already paying for. ExpressVPN.com slash hoopball. Check it out. 15 months for the price of 12, so bonus three months on your year-long membership. And finally, I saved the streamers for the last point of discussion on today's podcast because to me, this is actually your most interesting bucket. Malik Beasley is on the list. I think D'Lo will miss a ball game or two. And if D'Lo and Pat Beverly are both out, it would stand to reason that Beasley's going to get some kind of extra run. We saw Jalen Noel got a little bonus run in their last ball game, but I think you'd see some more Beasley going forward. This would be a uh, very much a short-term thing because Pat Bev is close. I mean, what D'Lo, they're hoping it's it's a very short-term thing. We'll see. But one of those guys is coming back at some point, so don't get too attached to this one. Otto Porter is one of my favorite streams right now. Even in a down ball game yesterday, he still managed to put together a really efficient fantasy night. 11 points, 4 boards, 2 assists, 2 steals, a 3-pointer, 4 out of 7 shooting, 2 for 2 at the free throw line, only 1 turnover. We've seen it for years in the past. You guys know I love guys that have portfolio. Otto Porter has portfolio. Porterfolio. Portfolio means he's done it. 
There's no guessing game with Otto. When he was playing starters minutes in Washington, in Chicago, when his body wasn't completely breaking down, there, were, there was a year where he was a top 30 fantasy player. There was a stretch where he was in the top 30. When he got traded to Chicago midseason and he put up 17.5 points, 5.5 rebounds, 3 assists, 1.8 defensive stats, and 2.5 three-pointers, yeah, obviously, that level of usage is not coming in Golden State. But even if you dial it back to uh, Washington that year before he got traded, when it was at 10.5 shots per game, he was still inside the top 50. Lately, with the Warriors, with Draymond Green out, and since Jonathan Kaminga got relegated to the doghouse, Porter moved into the starting lineup. He had a, uh, their blowout win over Dallas. The, the minutes were a bit lower. But in the more competitive games, he's in the 26 to 31 minute range, which is going to be slightly sub what he was doing in Washington, but really not all that far from what he was doing in Washington uh, the season he got traded. Over that stretch, 8, 7, 11, and 7. Mind you, again, uh, the 11 was actually in the in the blowout, so you know, add them all up, take it for what it's worth. That's 33 shots over four games. It's a little over 8 per game, which, again, we know from watching, 8 shots per game is about enough to get him to fantasy value. The good percentages, and they will be good in Golden State because he's going to be getting wide-open looks on that team. I don't know when Draymond's coming back. We've heard nothing good on that front. So this is a stream that might actually buy you a couple more weeks. To me, he's a must-stream player right now. I've got Matisse Thibel on this list with kind of a question mark by his name. He's played relatively well, but Danny Green came back, and he now figures to kind of ramp up, and such begins the hot hand stuff going on on the wings. So I'm probably leaving that one alone just because I know as soon as I pick one guy, the whole thing's coming apart. So... Meh. That went a, a hard meh. Pat Connaughton has actually been worth a stream here with Grayson Allen out. But I would caution folks that are looking at Connaughton here in the short term. Dante DiVincenzo has been kind of slowly ramping upward. And that could flip. So Connaughton's okay for now. But there's... Eh, we'll use the term indefinite here. There's not a definite point at which this will end, uh, you know, minus the Grayson Allen return. But it could actually end even before that. So you really have to be locked in tight if you're going to go that route. I have Amir Coffee in the stream department, not in the ads department, because I do think a cold spell is coming up. But he very much needs to be started now. And it's the same kind of thing. When stuff starts to fall apart, you could either move on, you could bench him, you could just try to ride it out and hope it gets better. Clippers are a weird team, though. They're not at all afraid to go hot hand. Speaking of hot hand, Duncan Robinson is very hot right now. He's way better when Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are on the floor because he's more open. He's one of those types of players. You figured more usage would be good for him, but it's actually not really the case. His usage stays somewhat consistent, almost regardless of who else is out there. It's just that his looks get way better. So he's a stream right now. Bismack Biombo, fire him up as long as DeAndre Ayton is out. Cam Johnson, fire him up as long as Jay Crowder is out. Patty Mills, fire him up when the Nets are at home. I don't know if I have the stones to fire him up when the Nets are on the road, which they are again after two home games. Sounds like most folks are back. Harden was resting. He's back in there. Kyrie's back in, of course. Hassan Whiteside, streamer while Rudy Gobert is out. I said it. Early this week, Gobert was like, oh, I think I can be back in a couple of days. And I was like, I don't know, man. That sounded like bluster because calf things linger. 
So we might get another week out of Whiteside. Enjoy that one. Royce O'Neal is in that kind of Dorian Finney-Smith bucket of super not-at-all fun stream, but probably useful here while Gobert is on the shelf. Jordan Clarkson, sounds like you got one more game out of him, and then Donovan Mitchell's coming back. And Devontae Graham, streamable while Brandon Ingram is out. And that was a fun, kind of quick list of... So that's the fun thing about the streamers is that there's not a whole lot of discussion about it. Most of them is like, okay, well, when a particular guy comes back, then you can move on from this dude. But it is interesting that there's like 11 streamable players that got enough of a bump from an injury to move from not startable to startable. That's all we care about. Lots of guys get bumps when players go down. The only ones we pay attention to are the ones that move from one side of the cut line to the other. Otto Porter tied to Draymond Green. Went from not startable to startable. Biombo, Cam Johnson, Whiteside, Clarkson, Devontae Graham. And it's not always the player that just jumps in for the guy who's hurt. You know, Otto Porter is not like the new Draymond, but he gets to do enough. Devontae Graham very much is not Brandon Ingram's backup, but enough usage got funneled his way. So it's not always a one-to-one thing like the backup center where Whiteside replaces Gobert. That's a really obvious one. But it is, it, it, I don't know, whatever. Things that tickle me maybe don't tickle the average human being. It tickles me that this many players injured right now have moved this many streamers from not interesting to startable. You wouldn't think. Too much, there's, there's too much cloudiness in who gets the minutes, the usage when someone goes out. Usually it's more like, oh, I don't know, uh, the Minnesota thing. We talked about Malik Beasley a little bit. Usually when when D'Lo goes down or when one guy goes down, it's like, well, does anybody really get over the cut line? I don't even know that Beasley does this time. So it's kind of fun that these particular injuries have actually created new fantasy-relevant players. And we saw a lot of that with COVID too, although the thing with protocols when they were so prevalent in late December, early January is that Three, four guys on the same team were in them. So sure, yeah, you know, new guys did hit the fantasy radar, but it took half the team being out to get them there. This is a one guy is out and some other random schmo just got interesting. For how long? We don't know because they're not in protocols. They're actually hurt. They'll play when they feel better. Oh, fantasy basketball. What do you do to my poor psyche? All right, back with you guys on Monday. That'll be reverse chronological lightning round on the other side of the weekend. Have a lovely Saturday and Sunday. Please drop a five-star review on the pod, and please do drop me a follow on Twitter if you haven't already done so, at Dan Besbris, B-E-S-B-R-I-S. I used to say Google Dan from Hoopball. I wonder if that still works. Let's check here while we're signing off. Yeah, it still does. Still does. What if you search for Dan from Sports Ethos? Does that work? Yeah, actually, not as well. <laughs> it's still easier to find me by searching Dan from Hootball on uh, on social media. Whatever, doesn't matter. Have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you on Monday morning. See you along.